Rolling. We're rolling. All right, all right, sweet. Now this is Aiden. This is Kyle. Today we're here with Keith Nelson. Keith, thank you for having us. Yep, thank you. Big studio, ton of work. This is cool. Um, yeah, sorry about last week. We tried have you yeah. know as a scheduling <laughs> oh, no, issue. It's all good. <laughs> um, but I had some stuff written for last week, but I don't you know I don't know if it's relevant now. But I'll ask. How late is too late to ask? How was your Thanksgiving? <laughs> like when's the when's the cutoff? That's a good uh, question. <laughs> I'd say we're probably getting close to it, but not too too far. You know? yeah. <laughs> what what is? The, I don't even know the date anymore. If like the days all run together now. Twentieth. 19? Okay, yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Thanksgiving was boring. Uh, <laughs> Most things in life now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Kind of bland, yeah. Uh, you know, social distance, talk to my family in the driveway kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you eat outside? Uh, we uh, actually, what we did was sort of trade plates. Okay. So, like, I made some stuff, they made some stuff, and then I gave them some, and they gave me some. Oh, hell yeah. With the combination, we had a full dinner. What did you make? Which we ate at home, in our separate homes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What Uh, did you make? Yeah, what's your specialty? What did I make? (laughs) We made an apple pie. Oh, Oh, nice. Hell yeah. (laughs) Classic. Yeah. Yeah. I love apple pie. Um, One big thing that did happen this last week, and I know this isn't a sports podcast, Giannis signed the deal to stay in Milwaukee. Uh He did? Yeah, he did. I'm guessing you all know I'm a big Bucks fan. Yeah, long I have time, some questions for you about that. Long time Bucks fan. Oh, <coughs> uh, but that's why since I, the dark times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> since the, I was the, I was at the first game that uh, uh, after the after the trade. Oh, of okay. Ray Allen. Oh yeah. no! Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I lived through the whole. <laughs> was a fan through the whole Michael Red era, and the worst seasons of <laughs> Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I'm glad I stuck it out because, man, it's good. It's yeah, good it's now. good now. <laughs> yeah. How do you think they'll do this season? Well, I think they got a lot of new pieces that's going to – I think the first part of the season is going to be not what we had come to expect last year. Exactly. It'll take a little time to everybody to figure themselves out yeah. and get on the same page. Yeah, I watched I, some of the preseason stuff. There's a lot of errant passes because guys yeah. aren't knowing where to be. Uh, so, kind of but I think they'll yeah it'll come together. I love Drew Holiday. Always liked his game, so I'm happy that he's here. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat with you. I mean, I think, um, I think George Hill is a big loss for the team. Yes. Oh, he uh, left. Oh, they traded him. Yeah, he was part of getting Holiday. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, but I think Holiday's an upgrade from Bledsoe. So totally. Yeah. That, we'll see. <laughs> that seemed very pretty obvious in the little bit that I saw of the preseason. That yeah. He's a better defender. He's a better. He just kind of uh, smarter. Plays within the system more than. Yeah. Bledsoe would tend to get out of control sometimes. And do <laughs> yeah. silly things like throwing the ball to nobody. Yeah. Or dribbling it off his foot. Bledsoe definitely had his flaws, but <laughs> you know, we'll see how the season goes, I guess. But I'm happy Giannis is yeah. staying. Oh man, I was uh, getting a little nervous. <laughs> yeah. I have to say. Was he planning on leaving, or people think he's going to uh, leave? There's a was lot of speculation. Yeah. Oh, really? And the, lo- the closer it got to that deadline of the signet of the of free agent season was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just because most, most star players, they, they wait, you know? Yeah, they, they do. Until the season's over and make everybody sweat. Yeah. And uh, I said from the beginning that I thought Giannis was going to stay. It's just kind of in his character to be yeah. like, loyal to the place and stuff. <laughs> but even I was starting to doubt that. 
that's just not how it goes in the NBA and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah it's, you know, when that kind of money is getting thrown around, it's, you never know what's happening, but yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Love it. Can't wait to go to a game again. I mean, just talking to Shane about it and it's like, I'd pay like a thousand dollars to go to a game right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's real. And Giannis, come on the show. Yeah, we want to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you got all your Christmas shopping done? For the most part. <laughs> How about you? No? No. <laughs> no yeah, way. I usually go up till the last second. Yeah. The day of. I well, do a lot of uh, homemade gifts and stuff. So nice. That's what I've been doing, too. Yeah. Going to drop off gifts for my brother and, and my nephew and stuff after this. Hell yeah. Um, so cut, uh, check them off the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. You want to get into it? Yeah. Cool. Um, so I have to start with a personal antidote because this is like unique to your work. I think I've had three like totally accidental encounters with your work. The first time was in uh, 2017. You had the show at Chamber, uh-huh. and Jordine took me there, and. That was like the last show at Chamber, right? What? Before Kyle moved to the basement of Tinsel? Yeah. Might have been. That was the only show I went to there, actually. In the original, like, basement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. House, yeah. yeah, it was a cool space. They were doing, like, stick and poke tattoos and yeah, stuff during yeah, it. It was yeah. sick. And then I went to uh, the Within and Against show at Gallery Kenilworth in 2018 when uh, Brennan and Emily had the show there. Yeah. And I was walking around in the back, and I, like, turned, and there was a you know tank top totem like on the wall i was like whoa you know really uh i guess the you know the porcelain kind of like jumps out he was shininess <laughs> yeah and then uh i was wandering around the saint kate in 2019 and you had one of the floor pieces yeah. in like a show there right yes yeah in the first show there yeah and it was like you know i just always seem to like bump into your work you know like in random spots which is really interesting and i haven't had that with anyone else so um thought that was cool I'm glad it made an impression. <laughs> <laughs> well but and it's like you know they're they're pretty uh your stuff is pretty recognizable i suppose too the recycle yeah i'm a little bit of an anomaly in town yeah <laughs> different <laughs> than a lot of other people uh, i'm glad you saw that last chamber show uh i remember that piece i was really happy with that yeah. piece um, because I had done it the day of the show oh wow um, with things I only gathered from the alley behind the really house. oh that's wow. cool okay. and and in making it fit in that corner yeah um, I mean it came together just just really quickly and really well and sometimes like yeah my favorite pieces are ones that are you know like really spontaneous quick reacting to a place yeah yeah I'm glad you saw it. and and I left the piece there so Kyle was moving out of that house at the right after that show. Okay. And he's like, Keith, come get your piece. You know, I got to move. And I'm like, just leave it there, man, for the next person to yeah. be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think it's still there? Uh, it's such a weird little room that was yeah. that I wouldn't be surprised if it was still there because it's so not <laughs> yeah. useful of a space, really, <laughs> which is what made it a great art space. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think the next tenants knew what it was or whose it was or anything i doubt it (laughs) (laughs) some stuff on the wall um so you got your bfa in painting at myad in 2000 yes yeah um what's your earliest art memory oh man 
well, I mean, just as a kid, I always was drawing. I mean, mm-hmm. just always. Mm-hmm. I used to draw, like, little comic book characters that I'd put in different costumes. His name was, one of them was named Herb. <laughs> and it was just sort of like, I read Mad Magazine a lot, okay. and so it was sort of in the style of, of uh, what's that artist's name, Matt Don Martin or something like that? Sounds right. Yeah. The Alfred E. Newman artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did the guy in the style that when I ever, you know, when I was like five and on up, I had this character. And then I also did like sort of science fiction robot fighting wars mm-hmm. <laughs> that were like on a scroll. <laughs> I mean, these are like my earliest art memories. Yeah. So like ever since I was a kid, I was always like nose Just down in paper. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Drawing. And, and that's really like what I, that interest stayed through through uh, high school and everything and always t- was taking art classes but had never thought of it as a something to do yeah yeah until I, like my senior year is like well keith what are you gonna do yeah. <laughs> like, oh, i don't know i think i should go to college because yeah. i'm not ready to work yet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and i had some friends in in the, my high school art class that were also going to my ad um so that's my, that was how I even heard about the place. Mm-hmm. You're from this area? I'm from um, about a half hour south okay. of the city in uh, the town of Raymond in Racine County. Okay. okay. It's not a, it's an unincorporated place. There's no town, really. Okay, I was <laughs> so going to say, I don't think I've heard of Raymond. No, it's, it's a lot of soybean and cabbage fields. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, my, you know, I was not really introduced to fine art as at all really mm-hmm. in high school there was no funding for the art classes there in union grove it was only like shop classes auto shop and metal mm-hmm. class and all that was what was funded the art class was like a box of broken crayons and some clay sometimes you know <laughs> yeah. there was no study of art history and anything so my ad i was like first of all i couldn't believe i got in because i just was applying with dr- like drawings on typing paper you know mm-hmm. uh, but i guess they weren't real interested in that they're interested in how if i could pay <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah once i was there I was, you know everything i saw was all new to me mm-hmm. is what's the admission process like like you had to submit you just submitted drawings well, at the time it was a portfolio and that was open-ended you know okay. it's kind of whatever you thought it would was what you were doing yeah okay and you had to do an essay of why you wanted to go to art school mm-hmm and that was about it there was an interview okay. but it was sort of like rubber stamp okay you're interested <laughs> you want to come sure yeah. Yeah. um my was really small back then you know my uh my entire senior class which is all majors you know design through and fine arts mm-hmm. i think was about uh, it's about 100 people oh wow yeah, okay, 120 okay. maybe um so, I mean, partially that's why Maya appealed to me. I went to a very small high school. Mm-hmm. The whole student body was like 400. Jeez. Okay. So you knew everybody. And that's yeah. kind of how Maya was at the time. The whole student body there was maybe five, 600. Mm-hmm. And so even, you know, even though I was in fine art, you know, you knew most of people yeah. just from, you know, because there's only a few people there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, now it's. I don't know what the population, student body population is now. It's it's far above that. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, so your BFA was in painting. Yeah. 
but on your website, it's almost entirely sculpture. Yeah. Uh, what was your initial draw to painting? Oh, let's see here. Well, initially, when I went uh, when I got accepted to my ad, my thought was uh, illustration. Mm-hmm. You know, because I really was into like graphic style drawing, sort of. Okay. Um, but once I was, I guess it was probably the first art history course that we got when we got into the modern contemporary era you know i was seeing things i didn't even know mm-hmm. like were possible and i remember specifically uh mark rothko mm-hmm. you know when i saw a, a mark rothko painting just in print the mm-hmm. first time i was like that's that's a thing you can do that and yeah. i was at first like i don't know that looks too easy but it really it just stuck with me somehow and yeah. i when I finally saw some in for in person, you know, I really got this sort of spiritual side of them, and how they can you can just be lost in this yeah. this atmosphere that they create, and the mood and everything. And that's sort of when I was like, I want to make things that have that feeling, yeah. or get close to that feeling. Not to jump ahead, <coughs> but do you think um, do you think Rothko like influenced the totems at all? And the totems, I um, I feel was more inspired by like Donald Judd kind of okay. stacks. Okay. Yeah, more constructed, more, and that sort of rigid sort of geometric yeah. stacking, whereas the sort of these thing, this that's the tap, the 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 mattresses are a little bit more of that sort of ethereal, meditative atmosphere that maybe mm-hmm. is more like a Rothko. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. <coughs> um, and then, so then what made you shift to sculpture? Oh, man, it was like a shift that took place over some years, I guess I'd say. I was doing, when I got out of my head, I was doing these super minimal, like, field paintings with encaustic. Uh-huh. So the surface was, it was all about this sort of translucent, waxy surface uh-huh. that you could sort of enter into, like, a mist or a fog, I guess. I mean, just kind of explaining them in the simplest way possible without seeing them. Um, so that's what I was into at the time. And they sort of shifted into a, a, a geometric format where I was um, creating sort of like a Sean Scully system of lines and grids, um, still with this translucent surface that was very soft, but with hard edge. Mm. So it was like this combination of soft and hard. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to just like soften up geometric art, which I was attracted to, but was seemed too harsh for me. Is that your painting on the fifth floor? It's like the purple grid. Very similar. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That was that's an acrylic, and that was done like as I was sort of transitioning away from the encaustic. Okay. I don't know if you know about encaustic, but it's a quite a process of melting wax, mixing it with uh, you know thinned oil paint. And oh. painting it with it with the wax while it's hot, so you have like no working time. It's like you lay it on the board and it's dry. Like if you pour <laughs> oh, wax wow. off a candle, you know. Okay. Yeah. And then you have to sort of fuse it to the surface with heat, you know, iron or a torch. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just a really laborious sort of process, a <laughs> lot of chemistry. And after some years, it was like not fun anymore. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, I've always been a type of artist that I get a little bit of a little bit antsy when I'm doing the same thing for a few years. Mm-hmm. Even now I'm getting a little bit with this mm-hmm. 
just like I feel like I wanted I have to change yeah, you know, really. every five or so. Okay. And not to say that I'm going to wildly go away from what I'm doing now, but I do feel this urge to put, try diff- totally different things. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that maybe it's because of this year has been <laughs> yeah. what it is. Yeah. Kinda, but um, anyways, the moving away from painting, it was when I was tired of the encaustic process, I started... I went back to like painting with acrylic and that just, you know, the surface, it, it wasn't, I wasn't feeling it, but I was, because I wasn't feeling, I was doing wild, weird things like combining a painted panel with a raw wood panel, just making these really simple juxtapositions of diptychs mm-hmm. with like a found piece of wood or, a, and with a painted, with painting. Okay. And uh, gradually there was, you know, less, paintings and more found things paired together, you know? So I'd make, I went from diptychs, like a simple found thing with a painting to like two found things with a painting to like a whole shelf of found things with one painting to then it just went to all found things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of where this all came from, you know? Um, Yeah. Wow. Um, and this is over a period of, uh, I don't know, five, six years five, that six it changed. Years. So I felt like there was a, some years there where I made nothing, nothing good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's uh, a certain, yeah, there's a three-year period where I don't think I have any work that I would show anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I don't know, I think that's important to make that. Yeah, definitely. That, yeah. The work that doesn't feel right, but you got to work through. It gives you problems, like Problems, yeah. Um, like a metric almost, you know, yeah. like, you know, yeah. And, spectrum. You know, and it's, I'm, uh, I'm always been into history and I like to watch the history of artists work and how it develops. And mm-hmm. I do that with myself, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now when I look back on some of that work that didn't seem to fit, well, it actually fits right in with some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. In fact, I have a piece, I would bring it out for you, but I, um, it was basically two arms of a of an ikea couch mm-hmm. like just the arms okay. that were put together in a diptych one arm of this couch was close to a window or something so it was super faded and the other one wasn't uh, hmm. so it was just the same thing same came from the same item but because of environment they mm-hmm. were different and and i put them together i didn't think much of it i never even hung it on the wall i was sitting on the corner in the mm-hmm. corner against the wall and I had, it was the first time I was the finalist for the Knoll, and I had to visit with the jury. It didn't go well. I didn't get it that time. I was so nervous and what, whatever, not prepared at the time. But I remember when, uh, as they were leaving, one of the jurors said, what's this? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's just this the kind of experiment. I don't know what it is. And she's like, huh, that's, that's too bad you don't know what it is. It's really cool. <laughs> 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 that stuck with me, you know. Yeah. I kept the piece around, and now, like, it totally fits in with the rest of this upholstery things that I'm doing. Do you feel like it was, like, a precursor? Yeah, yeah definitely. De- sure. It was the first piece in this this line of work, and, yeah, I didn't understand it at the time, but I made it, and, and, and yeah, now looking back, and I was like, well, obviously this is how this came to be. Yeah, that's fascinating. Wow. That's why it's imp- like that's why I like having visitors to the studio because 
mm-hmm. even you know that was in the context of a jurying award yeah. thing but just having like you guys over mm-hmm. any you know anybody people see things mm-hmm. that i can't see you know yeah. and i'm with this stuff all the time and you kind of get mind blocks like fresh eyes yeah so that it makes yeah. sense yeah um deep questions about and i i oh. just want to say this yeah. is like something i've been thinking about a lot this year like it's been a slow year for me in the studio and Mm -hmm. i was been thinking a lot about it and it's like that i realized for the first time that like my social life and things i do with the the galleries and stuff Mm -hmm. it's so important to my my work yeah even though i didn't realize it yeah in what way do you think it's just like you know like the bouncing off of ideas when somebody comes to you know just to have a beer real quick yeah those things those little little things are so important and i miss them so much yeah yeah it's it's definitely been a weird year like i think well even in the context of like the podcast it's like totally um those little interactions we really haven't had any yeah like since covid yeah, i mean hard, we just right? do the yeah. interview and uh-huh. you know um, there's a lot more like mingling yeah and and then you get different perspective and you know you see kind of like you said you get a different set of eyes on things yeah and yeah and whether it's formal in like this setting or like a jury kind of thing or informal with a buddy that stops by for 10 minutes yeah Yeah. both are equally important and yeah we're missing on all that stuff right now yeah it's gonna be interesting like to look back and see the type of art that was that like came out of this time uh-huh. you know just because it's like there is definitely something missing yeah you know um but hopefully we can return to somewhat uh <laughs> I, I, we will it's just a matter of time yeah. <clears throat> yeah now a lot of this you know like the totems and things like that those are like salvaged pieces right you yeah know, you're just finding those yeah um pretty much everything i use at this point is found okay uh-huh and i don't allow myself to really alter things in any way like you know, cut something down to make it fit i mean yeah. you know, like the mattresses they're as big as i can make them yeah. you know is basically the, what i tell myself i cut it off the original frame and it's like okay this this size so this is i make the stretcher as big as i can yeah um so you attach all of them to structures? Yeah, these are stretched oh. over panels, and oh. the panels have, see that batting in the corner? Yeah. Like, uh, the, pa- the panels have polyester batting stretched over them, and oh. then the mattress is stretched over to give it that sort of plush look. If you, yeah. you can, welcome to go touch it. It's, okay. you know, it, it moves like soft, like a pillow, like a mattress. And it ha- gives it that rounded edge, too. Yeah. And initially, the reason I did that was more of a, technical problem than than <laughs> for the look although yeah. the look really worked out yeah um it's like i was stretching them just on a stretcher as a as a canvas and because these are like blended fabrics mm-hmm. it's not cotton it's not a it's like a usually a 50 50 blend yeah they don't uh they're not stable with humidity fluctuation okay so you stretch it on a dry day mm. and then it gets humid well it's all slack oh, and you yeah. can't overstretch because it's so thin yeah and and because it's blended fabric it just changes more and you can never yeah so i basically i that's where i came to like if i stretch it over a panel that could work but it's um it would still sort of start to to droop 
Okay. So I was like, how can I put pressure behind it? And it was like, well, I'll just become an upholsterer. You know, that's <laughs> <laughs> basically what I'm doing. <laughs> wow. Yeah, seeing those in person, I had no idea those were on. Uh, Same. Yeah. I was going to say, I always thought it was just a mattress. Like, or ah, a mattress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Part of it is like the alteration and presenting them exactly as a painting. Yeah. Is what kind of makes them. Uh, I mean, that's the way I get them to transcend what they once were. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, weird question. Is there ever so? Do you, you don't you don't stain them? Or no, they these are all as found. Totally found. Is there ever an issue with odor? Yeah. Or uh, sanitation. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this one in particular was quite. Uh, odiferous, <laughs> uh, but I was, it, you know, it was from my my brother's uh, s- stepson, mm-hmm. and it's like a teenage boy's basement bed, and it was, I guess, less gross for me to work on because I know him, yeah, <laughs> you know, and yeah, he's a gross teenager, obviously, but he's like, I don't know, he's family, so yeah. it's okay, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I get the best is when I, you know, the looks I get when I'm gathering, especially the mattresses, mm-hmm. like I'm out there with a knife cutting <laughs> the grossest part of it away and yeah. saving it. And yeah, I get some people that look at me like I'm totally insane. Maybe I am. Uh, one guy actually stopped and was like, what are you doing? And I told him literally what I was doing. I mean, I'm, I'm an artist and I'm using this for this project of mine. And yeah. I think he thought I was even crazier than if <laughs> was he like work at the place or just some random guy? Just some random guy walking oh, down the street. <laughs> you know? Have you ever found one where you thought, "Oh, this would be great," but I just cannot? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there was one that was. Uh, it would have been great, but it was thrown outside because it had, like, been vomited on that night. Uh, <laughs> so I couldn't go there, obviously. <laughs> Um, yeah, so let's see. Some people might call your, the objects used in these sculptures gross, but, um, your artist statement, you talk about how, uh, value and beauty are totally subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the Ikea armchair was like kind of the, the aha moment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I thought of it as like, you know, you're almost like, um, Maybe it's like a silly idea, but you're almost like a prism. And there's like these ordinary objects going in and coming out as like, you know, art, valuable, you know, pieces, valuable objects. Um, is that kind of how you see it too? Yeah, I mean, I definitely like the uh, the play of you turning something wor- essentially worthless, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. A, like a soiled mattress mm-hmm. into a piece of of you know or of art that is supposedly reflecting beauty (laughs) and i know i feel like i i I can see that sometimes when people at first people that aren't familiar with the work enter the space with it and there's that pretty brief it's a pretty brief moment where they don't know what they're looking at and they kind of turn their head and then you can see that aha moment in them is like oh this is a bloody mattress (laughs) (laughs) and i think once they see that, you know, sometimes there is the immediate, like, uh, just disgust. Right. But I, I hope that that 
that there's still some quest there's a question that happens because before they knew what it was they weren't afraid to walk right up to it yeah. and then they realize what it is and they can't get within 10 feet of it <laughs> and i hope they realize like why why was it okay before but not now yeah. now that i know what it was and these are i mean they're all sealed with um you know uh, acrylic medium and uh, uv varnish to try to preserve the stains as best as i can mm -hmm. so it's not like they they don't stink anymore and there's Nothing that's going to transfer onto <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, is there anywhere that you like, do you go anywhere particular to look for? I like to find things just in the, the, the happenstance of my day. Uh -huh. You know, um, I find, I feel like it's kind of uh, forced and contrived if I go searching. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I have a pretty, pretty small triangle where I move right now. Yeah. My house is not far from here, okay. you know, in, in, by the bowling alley in Bayview. So I'm here to there to Mitchell street and back. And so like yeah. you know, what I find in that, in that triangle is what I'm using the most of that being said, I have there, the toilet tops and were something that I knew I wanted to do this series of them and I needed a lot of them and I was finding a lot for a while. Really? Yeah, oh yeah, people replace, you know, nobody wants a pink toilet anymore so when a house yeah. gets bought and sold <laughs> yeah, they replace just, the toilet. I was amazed by all the colors. Yeah. Like, do you just find those like? Yeah, you know, people will put it on the curb and I just yeah. grab the top off and wow. and I was, that was happening a lot, you know, as Bayview was gentrifying, a lot of houses were getting redone and yeah. so there's always piles out. It's a little less now, and but I was at a salvage yard on, off of Lincoln. I am salvage. You know that place? I've I think never it's, been. It recently familiar. closed, but it was just a big junk heap. And in one corner of it was a huge shelf of nothing but toilet tops. Oh wow! And the guy was crazy, you know, kind of crazy, and he wanted top dollar for everything he had, and it was all junk. And yeah. Like, tw Twenty bucks a piece for the toilet tops. Oh I'm like, wow! Man, you're, you're crazy. No, yeah. No, we, you have a, you have. He had, you know, several hundred. Yeah. So I did a lot of negotiating and got a bulk rate from him. So, yeah. <laughs> so that was one time where I did, didn't just find the pieces. But generally, yes, I'm finding everything. Yeah. Do you, is there like a lot of stuff, you know, like you mentioned the vomit mattress, but with the uh, tank tops and the other like shelving pieces, is there a lot of stuff that you have to reject too, especially with the toilet tops? Um, not Really, I mean, I, I would guess I would say I'm a, I think about it a little more now just mm -hmm. because disease is rampant yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but before, I, you know, not really. I'm, I have a pretty high gross out factor. Yeah. So, so you just like take anyone that you found? Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um. I mean, there was a toilet lid I found once that had a turd on it, <laughs> and I took it. <laughs> did you use it in one of your tubs? I didn't use the turd. I knocked the turd off, well, of I know, course. I but yes, I did use the piece, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Shooting on top of the toilet. I don't know. I don't know what. It was looked like it was possibly an animal or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for the tank tops, are those, you know, you mentioned Donald Judd. Are those uh, purely just aesthetic or do you have like an image in mind when you're making them or a, 
motif or an idea. Yeah, I mean, I think they're just they're pretty formal pieces. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, like that, and and just within that formal realm is the is the aesthetic value that I put on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can shut that door if you want. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't attach any. S- spiritual valued yeah. things i guess well because they could be in like any order you know the color could be in any order oh yeah any yeah order. that is the decisions made there are, are yeah compositional okay. Yeah. formal okay uh decisions yeah okay how long does it take to construct one of those typically it's uh i guess if i put my mind to it it's pretty fast okay um the part that takes the longest is cl- getting a good number of them, so I have a lot to choose from. Mm-hmm. I have a pile there on the floor. What is there? <laughs> There's about six, eight, not ten or twelve of them. Yeah, and that's usually a good number for me to find some. Because I like them to nestle in a certain way, but the color pattern has to be a certain way. I mean, it's hard yeah. for me to describe what a certain way means. Yeah, but I kind yeah. of know it. Um, but yeah, I like to have. Ideally, I'd, I'd have a little more to choose from before I make one. They used to be quite a bit, I used to stack up maybe eight of them. They used to be quite a bit taller. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I've been making, as I've, over the years, I've, I've gotten them down to five and six seems to be ideal and feel about right. And it's a little more human scale, less, less uh, easier to approach, I think, because it is more of that human scale. Is five the... Five minimum seats. minimum number five is minimum four yeah i think i have one that's a four and it just it doesn't have the same yeah presence this is a delicate <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. balancing act between too big and too yeah. small for me with and those how are they uh held up on the wall i was kind of curious yeah there's um on the back of each toilet uh tank i adhere a block of wood with just construction adhesive it's the back of a toilet tank is very porous, you know, they don't glaze it. Yeah, yeah. So the adhesive really grabs onto it well. Okay. And a block of wood. And on the block of wood is, is metal cleat. That, and then there's a strip of wood that goes on the wall that has all the cleats for each okay. t- top on there. Okay. I'd be happy to show you. Uh, Trying to find one that's yeah, this one's got a piece of wood on it. So okay. I'll build I'll build this wood up to its level here, and then I put a uh, you know these kind of metal clips on the back. yeah yeah. Oh. Okay. So each one has that set up, and then there's a strip of wood plywood, the width of the bracket that gets screwed to the wall, and then these just clip on. Yeah, you can just slide them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's really. Once they're set and they're really quick to install. Okay. Is this all like self-taught? Like yeah, trial and error. I used to do the, I used to put the clips directly on the wall, but then each time you'd have to measure it pretty exactly oh, to get okay. them to nestle right. You know, I don't want any gap in there or anything. Yeah. And so rather than, you know, I, as a former preparator, still a preparator, but I worked at the art museum for 10 years. Oh, wow. And when an artist would send in something like that, you had to measure exactly like 10 points, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's not annoying, but it takes a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And so like, I just like trying to be sensitive and like, 
how can I make this fast and easy? Mm -hmm. And the bracket, uh, the, the board on the back also gives it that little gap. There's about a half inch gap between the piece and the wall, which makes yeah. it float a little. Yeah. That's kind of nice. Yeah, a little shadow, yeah. a little, yeah. So yeah, uh, f working in the museum, I learned a lot of, I don't know, shortcuts. Sure, yeah, and a, lot, a lot about different hardware stuff. And so you try to use it all the time and try to make my work easy on the handlers. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. Um, you don't make like sketches. I used to for the encaustics I would, that were very like the Sean Scully, like geometric yeah. line sort of thing. I always had like a sketchbook. Okay. Different Never for like there, the but these not so, no. No. Okay. You just like spend some time rearranging them. Yeah, on the and just on the floor like they are, I'll yeah. kind of just have a line of them, and I'll just kind of mix and match until I feel like they're nestling right, yeah, and the moment. color variation is good. And yeah, yeah. How much does shape play into it too? Like, this oh, a one lot over here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I might have a color pattern that looks good, but if they don't like sit together nicely, then it's yeah, yeah, it kind of ruins the rhythm. Yeah. Yeah, that one was that one took a while actually. It was hard for me to those small pieces on the bottom. You know, they really don't fit together with a a standard yeah. uh, top, and so I, they were tricky to use. But when you know, I think just one light night real late, I just was like, well, let's make an all white one. <laughs> yeah. And then I found a way to use. Yeah, it's the harder to use pieces. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. That's one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Yeah, that one is nice. Um, do you want to get into the studios? Um, questions still? Well, um, before we just jump into that, when you're making these pieces, um, are you ever listening to music or podcasts? I, I saw on your Instagram some of your music stuff. <laughs> I also, when I was researching you, I saw you play tenor sax. Is that? I used to. I'm not very good. Okay. <laughs> but I still have it. <laughs> Was that just like a um, self-taught thing? Nah, I started in like, you know, middle school. Okay. And a little bit in high school, but then, you know, I was, saxophone wasn't very cool, you know. I was like a headbanger, listened to heavy metal oh, in high right, school, right. and so saxophone didn't really fit. <laughs> but I didn't give it away. <laughs> so actually, uh, yeah, I've been noodling around on it a little bit now that I have some time. I'm not very good. <laughs> You don't want to play a tune for the audience. <laughs> uh, I'd rather not. <laughs> I'll have, maybe come back in a, a few, you know a little while. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do. Uh, I almost always have music going in the studio. If not music, uh, basketball games. Yeah. <laughs> I love the background noise of bass, like the squeak of the shoes, mm -hmm. and just the. I'll even put on a game that I don't care about. Yeah. Like I won't watch it, but I want just the sound of the game. Yeah. The squeak of the shoes, the the basket getting ripped, you know, with the ball and yeah. all that stuff. It's kind of like, it's almost like white noise. Yeah. And sometimes that's nice in the studio. Yeah. Um, I saw you went to Farm Aid. I did. That was a ticket I could not get. Oh I my God. Uh, slept on it too long. Was it like 2011? No, that was just last, last oh. year. Last, uh, was it every year? Yeah, it was like 2018 October. or 2019 at Alpine? Yeah, not 2020, but 2019. 2019, yeah. 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 Is it Alpine Valley? Do they do that every year? 
Um, they do Farm Aid almost every year. Yeah, it's a different location every yeah. year. Yeah. Okay. So they had it at Miller Park once. Yeah. And then at Alpine now. Okay. Uh, but how was it? Because, yeah, like oh I said, I couldn't go. <laughs> so Neil Young is probably my absolute favorite okay. artist. And so I wasn't going to miss him. Yeah. <laughs> and he was he didn't disappoint. I mean, he was incredible. Yeah. Um, I took my girlfriend, who was totally... a mostly unfamiliar with Neil Young. She's heard him just as I played it, but certainly didn't know much about him. And just thought he was an old man. Yeah. <laughs> he got up there and was playing rocket in the free world. And just, I mean, just as energetic as a 20 year old. And she was amazed and has been a, a convert fan ever since. Yeah. Uh, Willie was also great. I've seen him a million times. It seems like, but he's always, always good, even though he's getting a little slower. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, John Mellencamp was good. He doesn't really tour much anymore because of his health, so it was good to see him one more time. I had yeah. seen him a bunch in the in the 90s. Who else was there? I think uh, Nathaniel Ratliff oh, was He was there. good. I didn't was not familiar so much, but he, he was great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was Margot Price there? Margot Price was there, yeah. She was great. Dave Matthews, Dave Matthews, eh. Yeah. I'm, not a huge fan. I'm with you there. I'm <laughs> okay. with you there. <laughs> um... So there's there's one more big person there, Mellencamp, Neil Young, Willie. Uh, I, I anyways, don't, it was yeah. great. Yeah, um, I, I I go to a lot of concerts. Yeah, and so well, and there's this one. This year's other, been a little rough that way too. Yeah, <laughs> there's one other show I wanted to ask you about because uh, I was at this show, um, Ween. The last Ween show at the uh, uh, Eagles Ballroom. Oh, good. It was fantastic. Yeah. I saw uh, you had posted uh, like a Ween graffiti yeah. that you found somewhere. Yeah, right down the street, actually. It's been painted over since. But, uh, you know, when you come down KK, there's that bike lane that runs along the tracks. Okay, yeah. Right going into there. Yeah. I'm a big Ween fan. I so. love Ween, yeah. yeah they put on a great show. Uh, I saw them back. I think it was like the White Pepper Tour. Okay. So it was like the early oh, aughts. Yeah, yeah at uh i think it was the riviera in chicago okay and it was in a, just the craziest one of the crazier shows i've been to yeah i think it was before the smoking ban so the, the whole place was <laughs> just a weed cloud <laughs> um ween was on there i mean they were on that night they were full energy they had there's people in costumes all over the place i mean it was just a surreal weird scene yeah i mean um, that was the early what 2000s yeah yeah so i mean they were like in their prime, prime i would yeah. say um but yeah i would have loved to have been there <laughs> that was a good one it, i mean eagles ballroom is it's nice uh, you know sound isn't always the best right but it's good to see them it it's good sure to see was, they're together yeah. again too so the what was the last concert you went to before the pandemic oh man you know i go to a lot of smaller shows yeah um the last big show that i remember i actually went to south carolina and i saw fish three nights all three yeah all three yeah i yeah i go see them wherever i can um and then locally oh that's really hard you know i've been trying to go to the collectivo backroom more Uh um cactus club i don't know maybe it might have been like rex or something at cactus club yeah to be honest cool that's a good last one yeah, yeah, or like, you know, my band actually played like the night everything shut down. Oh no, shit! Yeah, so we we like to joke and say we were the last show in Wisconsin, well, in Milwaukee. Uh huh. 
So <laughs> I want to. That's cool. Maybe we'll be the first ones back, but we'll <laughs> see. <laughs> yeah, it's been a weird year for that, but just wanted to touch on that stuff. Oh, yeah. I think we have some similar tastes. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, my last concert was uh, with Shellac at Turner. Okay. It's a pretty heavy band, Steve Albini's band. Oh, yes. <laughs> and uh, they played that show, and the night after they had a show scheduled in Minneapolis, which was canceled. So I saw the last shellac show Damn. of that tour. Jeez. And that, then they shut down everything in Milwaukee the next day, too. Was I remember going there and feeling like, well, because it wasn't like wear masks all the time. Was, people weren't real sure what was mm-hmm. the deal was. So I remember feeling a little bit like, is, is this the right thing to do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I got the ticket. And I had two friends we were going. And we went up on the balcony. Nobody else around us. It was fine. And it was an amazing show. Yeah. <coughs> Steve Albini. Was he the one who found Wesley Willis? Well, I don't know about that. Okay. He's oh. a recording artist. Who, you know, he recorded, like, Nevermind. And okay. Some pretty... He worked on some pretty classic albums in the 90s. I'll have to still, do my research on stuff. that. But, um, I did see, did you live in Austria for a while? Uh, I did a residency there. Oh, okay. Uh, and I was there for, uh, I was there twice, uh, one summer, and then skipped a summer and went back. So I was there for... The first time I was there for like almost two months, and then the next time was a month or so. Um, it's a residency that I got hooked up with um, from uh, Lynn Shumo at the Haggerty. Mm, She's okay. friends with the guy that runs it over there. Um, he's an Austrian artist um, who got connected with this former royal castle that's crumbled and fallen down, but the outbuildings are still there what used to be the horse stables and work workers quarters. Yeah. So he runs the residency out of these outbuildings. There's a crumbled castle in the background. It's pretty amazing. It's in the middle of nowhere, like <laughs> not close to any cities up in oh, the mountains. Wow. Yeah. So pretty isolated and just, yeah, a nice place to escape. And, um, yeah. you was the same, you went to the same place, same place twice. Yeah. I was, I was the first time I went there. Um, I didn't know Heimo very well. Heimo was the man that runs it. Uh, but we we hit it off pretty much right away, and and I was you know able to help him with a lot of the projects like maintenance upkeep. Uh-huh. Uh, these are old, really old buildings, and they need a lot of work. And so once he learned I had some skills that way, he's like, you know, you can just come back whenever you want if you want to work. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be a formal resident yeah. as I was the first time, but uh, uh, you know I could stay there and just kind of work off my my food and room and so that's when i yeah i went back two years later um as an informal resident as he called it (laughs) (laughs) did some gate repair and floor floor stuff and whatever um but yeah it was um a lot uh there's usually about 10 or 15 people artists there mostly from europe and so i met a lot of uh yeah, a lot of great European artists and um, made some good friends. And hopefully, well, I was uh, this last summer, I was supposed to 
have a show in Vienna in the city, which would have, was uh, had been working on with the guy I met at the residency. Uh, he has an artist-run space in, in town there. And so we were going to do something this summer, which got postponed, but we'll <laughs> do it again someday. Yeah. yeah. What were you making when you were out there? Uh, I went out, uh, much like the piece at Chamber, mm-hmm. I went out there with nothing and was making work with whatever I could find in the sheds and, and the, around the tiny village there. Uh-huh. And it was pretty fertile ground because uh, there was, this has been an artist residency for, oh, I think he's had it going for 20 years or something. And so mm-hmm. the sheds were just you know, full of stuff. And, um, so I was doing a lot of the sort of combine pieces like that floor piece you saw at mm-hmm. the hotel. Um, but one of the first, um, stretch textile pieces happened there now that I think of it. And this is after that Ikea arm piece, like maybe by a year or so. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I went out there, there was a, also because it's a residency for a lot of people, there's a lot of bedding around Mm -hmm. and a lot of soiled bedding, (laughs) stained bedding. (laughs) And that's, uh, you know, as I'm looking for things to make, that's, you know, I was like, well, I've sort of had this in the back of my mind for a while and that's when i stretched my first pillow okay. that had you know it had some nice staining like that one and that was before you started using that was before that was before i did any of it here okay. yeah and, and the padding too the yeah before yeah it was just stretched on a, on a stretcher that i had to make by hand because there was very little tools there yeah. <laughs> um yeah yeah wow and so, yeah, when I, I brought, I did that piece there, it got, uh, I mean, the people that were there that saw it loved it, and we talked a lot about it, and and then I came back, I decided to try a few more, and that's, yeah, wow. that's just history, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, just kind of goes back to how, like, these sort of so, more social events, mm-hmm. like a residency, mm-hmm. can really drive work. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, I miss it a lot. It'll be back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this, the studios. Yeah. Um, how did all this come about? Yeah. Uh, so when I graduated, um, at a, at a, two good friends in my class, uh, both um, both of whom were looking also for a studio, and um, so we, they found an old storefront at first and and were using it and i would visit but it wasn't it was small and it was kind of expensive and so we were always talking about finding something together mm-hmm. and we we found this ad in the newspaper for this building it's just you know ten uh it's like for rent ten thousand square feet call the number and so we talked to the owner and uh he uh set us up with a space on the second floor where nicholas is mm, okay um, we had a smaller space down there the three of us and we outgrew it really quickly. We were all doing kind of big, obnoxious paintings at the time. Mm-hmm. And, but this building was totally empty back then. It was like the first floor had a factory. The rest of it was empty. Wow. And so it, when we were, we were there at night, we were the only ones in the building. And so we like explored the whole thing top to bottom. Was it creepy? Yeah, that's why it was fun, <laughs> right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so we knew this was, so we were up on this, this floor. It was wide open, no walls, no nothing. Oh, really? Totally empty space. Wow. Um, and we asked, we just went to the landlord like, hey, just out of curiosity, how much for the whole seventh floor? You know, 10,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. 
and he you know said i'll give it to you for real cheap but i'm not doing anything mm -hmm. and it was like 1500 a month at back then for this whole 10,000 square foot chunk gave us a couple months for free time to build out and stuff and mm -hmm. we got together uh, a few more friends and said hey you want to rent a studio you know we'll give you a great deal if you chip in on drywall mm -hmm. kind of thing yeah um, and so the first studios were built with the help of of a few others uh, and um see i guess after the things were more or less established uh built out that is took about three months six months something like that uh -huh. i mean we had to run all the electrical oh wow everything i mean I, luckily i had some experience with carpentry i had a friend good friend who was a journeyman electrician who taught me everything i know that way so yeah all the piping you see here was all new so none of this was here nothing wow. was here there was basically wow. a, some bare light bulbs a few outlets like and a wide back. open space. Okay. Jeez. Um, so yeah, and we were all working full time. So it was like nine to five and then come here, yeah. build walls until midnight, get up, do it again, <laughs> you know, for yeah. about three, three months or so. Okay. Wow. And then, uh, the people I started with started dropping off. Like one guy went back to school to be a dentist. One went back to school to be a teacher, okay. you know, just stopped, dropped out of yeah. art. Yeah. And I got left holding it on my own, which was pretty stressful at the time. It was not easy to fill them. Yeah. Um, I had to do some reconfiguration to make a few smaller spaces that were more affordable. Mm -hmm. um, and I had to move in here. I had to live here for a while because I couldn't afford an apartment and this. Yeah. Oh, I was wow. trying to really keep it afloat yeah. until I could fill the spaces. And so there was about a year there where it was to kind of touch and go. Um, but, how long, um, you, how long were you living here? Uh, I was here about six months before okay. the landlord kind of <laughs> was like, Hey, just so you know, it says in your lease, you can't live here and yeah. just letting you know, he kind of gave me, he was really, he could have kicked me out immediately. Yeah. Um, but he had no other tenants at the time. <laughs> so he needed, yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I guess, so Michael who, who passed through here, okay. uh, he rented a studio on the end and uh, we quickly became very good friends and he um, really helped me to start you know, managing this uh, better. Mm -hmm. um, and after this seventh floor was stabilized um, financially and everything like that, tenant wise, mm -hmm. uh, we decided to, t uh, we looked at the fifth floor. Mm -hmm. The sixth floor had in the meantime been taken by uh, a few other artists that run it similar to me and we have a really good working relationship now we share the garbage and the internet and stuff oh, okay. so we wanted to take six but it was taken so we took five and yeah. built it out as uh, you know a little bit more professionally than up here like uh, up here is a little shanty townish like <laughs> <laughs> a lot of scrap wood was used yeah. you know uh, downstairs everything's you know drywall and and um the hallway was is nice and wide so yeah. We had a little bit of fire code issues up here that we had to fix. <laughs> um, so yeah, with Michael helping me with the fifth floor, we got that established probably around, it's probably been about, gosh, that's been going on for, I want to say eight years now. It's hard, time flies. Wow. Um, and then after the, the fifth floor was, um, 
I f was able to fill it pretty much immediately because mm -hmm. I was kind of pumping it up as we were building it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know a lot of like Maya and UWM students? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Shane Walsh definitely sent a lot of people my way, like Emily and okay. Sean and, for example, yeah. Brennan. Um, and um, then the people that were already here, you know, just kind of spread the word for me that way. Mm -hmm. So it's been pretty easy now to keep the studios full as opposed to in the past. I mm -hmm. think a lot of artists, are, there's more artists staying in Milwaukee now too, mm -hmm. as opposed to when I got out of school, kind of everybody just was Took dispersed, yeah. Yeah. you know? Um, and I also kind of uh, uh, have a more diverse type of artists here. I used to just go for fine artists, but now I have you know, people that uh, do, you know, sell vintage, mm -hmm. you know, just need a kind of a giant closet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have you know, some small wood shops. I have a gla uh, stained glass artist. Um, so, yeah, it's not just painters and stuff here. It's do you have to, like, vet the people or are you just anybody who... Um, I only rent word of mouth. Okay. So you have to know somebody that was either here... Yeah. Or, or is a friend. Okay. Um, I had a pretty, I had a couple bad experiences when I used to put flyers out and stuff. Yeah. Where I got some people that you know lied their way in and then were living here, and I had to, oh, kick them <laughs> oh, out. Geez. And wow. Um. So yeah, I, I find the best way to avoid that is to just keep it in the family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It really seems like all the, you know, good artists I know have had or have spaces here it just seems like the spot it's, it's a good kinda. place to be yeah. you know there's not as many of these spaces in Milwaukee anymore mm -hmm. there used to be a lot more buildings like this in Walker's Point and and now it's like this building and the nut factory toy factory in River West okay um the Lincoln warehouse right over there has some artists but it's it's kind of pricing pricing out the artists. Their their spaces are nice, but oh. they're they're pretty expensive. Okay. Okay. As compared to the over here, you know. So. Yeah, this is a good place over here. Yeah. It's nice too because it's sort of on an island. Yeah. You know, you it's tucked away back here. Right. And it's good know, views. Yeah. 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 Good views. <laughs> good people. <laughs> yeah. Um. You kind of mentioned that you had to kick some people out. Do you have any? Interest like what's your most interesting tenant oh story? Oh my god! Right, this is a good. This is a long story. <laughs> we got time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had a, a woman that contacted me from a flyer uh, and looked at the studio. She said she was a photographer, and her husband did some wood crafts. And at the time, I had like five empty spaces. I'm like, great, sounds great. Move yeah. on in. Yeah. Well, almost right away, I could tell there's living here and they're mm -hmm. they're older than me they're probably at the time i was in my late 20s maybe in their in their 40s which is maybe why i trusted them i don't mm -hmm. know but it became clear that they're living here and that they're also junkies oh uh, no which is why they're living here you yeah. know because they couldn't get their lives together for apartment or whatever oh and you know a pretty patient and nice person i was like okay you guys can't live here yeah. you know i went in there one night and the guy was kind of nodded off oh no and the girl was drunk and i'm like listen like at that point the landlord 
figured it out that there was people living there. He's like, you got to get them out. I don't care what you do. Yeah. And so I went in there like, and I said, you have to be moving out tomorrow morning and I will help you do yeah. anything you need to help. And um, she was weeping and crying. And then I was like, okay, we'll meet here in the morning, right? And she's like, yep. I got here in the morning. They weren't around. And I was just like frustrated. And I was like, fuck it. You know, they, this isn't a residential place. So like yeah. tenants don't have as many rights. So I yeah. just like going in, I'm going in the studio. I'm going to start putting her shit on the dock. Yeah. And so I started doing that and and you know, as I'm going through this this mound of shit in there, I found some bullets and stuff. I'm like, okay, there's a gun around, <laughs> yeah. and, you know. And then I'm in the dock, and they roll up, and they're both wasted. And this is like nine in the morning. Oh no! And the guy's screaming at me, and the girl's passed out. <laughs> and he's just like, uh, he's gonna kill me. You know, this is, I I don't have any right to go through their stuff. Yeah. Blah blah blah. I'm like, well, listen. I gave you a month warning. I yeah. mean, it was like, yeah, yeah. Meantime, I'm like, is he going to pull the gun out? <laughs> you know, uh, and Michael was here at the time. So I had a little bit of <laughs> some backup yeah. luckily, but in the end, you know, and Michael said it best. He's like, they're not going to come after you. They don't even know where they are right now. <laughs> you know, true. And don't, you know, just don't, don't sweat it, you know. Yeah. His, his words of reinsurance were were good at the time, but yeah. that was, the, yeah. And of course, you know, the the studio was like a hoarder's studio at that point. It was floor to ceiling with everything they owned. They had a yeah. ton of shit. Ton of shit. Okay. And then they were, you know, once I kicked them out, they were, I knew they were in their van. The guy, after the guy started, stopped yelling at me, he started crying. He's like, I don't know where to go. All we have is this van. And I'm like, I'm feeling horrible. Mm-hmm. I'm getting emotional because mm-hmm. I'm like doing, I feel like I, I mean, I was doing this to them, right. but I, what am I supposed you to do? To. Yeah, you, know? you had to. And so I'm like, well, like I can help you move this stuff. I have my van here. Like, let, let's get a storage space. Like I don't have any money. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to take what I need. And he took a few things and took off. I never saw him again, but wow. I was left with, you know, a, a large studio full of, Gun, junk yeah. like, so if somebody's everybody's all their worldly possessions you know all kitchen stuff oh, clothes really? everything they didn't want any of their stuff they didn't take any they took he took Jeez. out of the took pile the that I had on the dock he grabbed like yeah. a couple jackets and, and I don't know some, I don't even remember I was so out of it you know mm-hmm. but he grabbed yeah he grabbed just a few things and they left and wow how was, long ago was that Oh, this was years ago. Yeah, I mean, this is probably it's probably like 2004 or something. It's right oh. at the beginning, you know. Yeah, oh, that was that was crazy. That's wild. That's when that's I was like, a, I'm never putting a, ba- a flyer up at a coffee shop again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. They cooked up the photography story. Like, and and you know, she she wasn't. That wasn't a lie. I mean, there was some photography equipment yeah. there, and there was. I could see she used to do this. Yeah. <laughs> but they were too down the the road of drugs and alcohol to okay. yeah. yeah. Sheesh. Man, that was fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good learning experience though. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, at that point I knew I I, I was not advertising word of mouth only. Yeah. Uh that was the best way I could figure to vet somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you know. 
So how many floors do you have here now? You mentioned the seventh, the fifth. And the second floor. The second, yeah. okay. So it's three 10,000 square foot chunks. Uh, each chunk has, you know, 10 to 15 studios. Okay. Um, the second floor has a large, one large studio that's a, a recording studio. Mm. Oh, we, we walked past that. Know, yeah, yeah, right across from Nichols. Yeah. Um, it's... Um, Nathaniel Hoyer and Lawton Hall. Do you know the band Hello Death? Uh, I don't know that local, I know them. Anyways, they're local group. They, uh, a group of the Altos okay. is part of them. That's kind of a spinoff. Okay. Um, but anyways, they run this recording studio um, that we helped them build out. Um, Super Pro, like double wall, double insulation. Like, yeah. yeah. It, you can still hear it when they're doing stuff, but it ain't, ain't driving you out. So yeah. it worked out well. And so yeah, between so this floor, the seventh floor where I am is uh, because I give myself so much space. I don't really make any money up here, but I get my studio for for free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the fifth and the second, who I'm a, a full partner with Michael on, mm -hmm. uh, that's where we we make some money. I make enough to cover my my house and oh, food wow. and stuff. Awesome. So I don't. Yeah, don't have to have the regular day job anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, that's amazing. Um, but yeah, I was at the museum for 10 years. Before? Before okay. I was able to, yeah. Wow. Before I realized I could make a living off of the, the rents here. Yeah. yeah. And that was kind of just like, you didn't go into it expecting that, right? Not at all. Yeah. I didn't, well, <clears throat> when we started the seventh floor, I didn't go into it thinking I would be running it by myself. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. which I, after the two initial partners bailed, I was yeah. until Michael uh, came along. And so seventh floor I maintain as my own, it's my own ent business entity. It's just me mm -hmm. and includes my studio practice and my art handling practice. Okay. Fifth and second, I'm the full partner with Michael. Okay. And then the tins real tinsel on Mitchell, I'm part full partner with uh, Shane McAdams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When you say art handling, <coughs> what is what do you mean? Um, so that's what I did at the art museum. I was a preparator doing the art handling and installation. Mm -hmm. um, and while I was there, I met uh, a lot of the lo local collectors mm -hmm. as the museum would borrow work for exhibitions and mm -hmm. stuff. We'd go to their house, pick it up. Oh, wow. And uh, within those visits, they'd be like, hey, can you come back after work and help hang some of my stuff in my house? Mm -hmm. And so I, had, I got a few regular clients that I still work with to this day. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, some of them are pretty regular. Like, they rotate their collection like a museum every three months. Take the whole house In their down. own Jeez. home. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. It's all their work? Uh, yeah. They're, they're like some, they're some pretty serious collectors yeah, in town. Yeah, I was going to say. Wow. And Jeez. she's, you know, she's always buying. Like, goes to all the fairs. Yeah. And wow. uh, goes to Europe to buy work. I mean, she has a big chunk of w warehouse somewhere. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah, rotating the work every three months. <laughs> That's exciting. To These, be able yeah, to they're pretty fun gigs. I like, uh, you know, the people I work with are, are all, you know, friends at this point. Mm -hmm. And they, they not only am I there to bang hammers, I you know, they want my thoughts on how things should, where things should be hung. It's sort oh, of... Wow. Uh, you know, advising on, on curatorial decisions too. Okay. And I get to see a lot of, a lot of cool 
new yeah, work yeah. that's in a private place you would never see it yeah is it like a lot of big names or a lot of like up and coming people um depends on which person i'm working for but uh yeah there one has is pretty much only big names mm-hmm. <laughs> oh wow yeah one is more big names but like german big names okay. um yeah another one is sort of big names but like art history only like you know only the biggest names like Andy Warhol yeah just yet okay. they only want I don't think they know a lot about art and what they like but it's investment right. so they go for the na- the biggest names right. yeah. yeah that's I feel like that's yeah. somewhat common but uh, my um, favorite person I work with it's all yeah it's big names but it's what she absolutely loves it mm-hmm. you know that's how it should be yeah um so usable space did yeah. that just kind of like naturally follow you do in the studios kind of yeah when uh when we were we had just finished building out the fifth floor when and we, we were aware of this the garage space where usable space is we there was a, a sculptor that was in there who uh we both knew michael and i uh, both knew him and, and knew he uh you know, got word from him that he was moving to Michigan or whatever and that his space would be available. Mm. And uh, being familiar with the space and uh, uh, I knew that it had potential as like a gallery space. Uh, Michael didn't really see that, but he had saw the potential of the back part as a as garden, mm-hmm. which is, you know, he's very interested in gardening and stuff. So uh, we both wanted it, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we had just finished the fifth floor. It was fully occupied. We knew we were making some income there. So we rolled some of that income into renting that garage space. Um, with the you know agreement that in the summer times I use it for a gallery and he you know gets to do, do the garden in the back. And mm-hmm. he, you know we have our, some of our mutual stuff there. We're, we're good fishing buddies. So we have our canoe there yeah. and, and the, <laughs> the car that carries yeah. the canoe yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, because it was, you know, it's, it's the rent was cheap mm-hmm. and it, you know, it was really just rolling money from the fifth floor over to it. We weren't really spending our own money per se mm-hmm. on it. Um, that's what, you know, that's why we rented it. And uh, yeah, spent a couple months cleaning it up because it was a dank, dank garage. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, put up that dividing wall, you know, mm-hmm. as you walk in, there's that little doorway that had to go up mm-hmm. and paint fix the floor up, redo some of the electrical. Um, looking forward to doing shows out there again. Yeah. So uh, next, maybe this summer we'll do something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. You usually don't operate in the winter. Even yeah. In the, in the meantime, like right now, it's just a giant storage space for okay. both of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is quite functional yeah. too. <laughs> so we call it usable space. It's usable. You know, if it's not a gallery, it's still usable as oh. a studio or a, or storage or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always wondered about the name. Yeah. It's kind of, it's like a very literal name. It's like, <laughs> like well, it's a space. It's yeah. a weird space, yeah. but it's usable. <laughs> um, and then real tinsel, um, was that, so you could have something to do in the winter. Real tinsel was more for something that I own. Like, mm-hmm. so all the studios here, the garage, I rent all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so someday this is going to go away. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows if that's tomorrow or in 20 more years. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I imagine someday somebody, the money's going to be right where somebody's going to buy this building and do something with it. Um, so I wanted something that I owned that, that, uh, you know, if this goes away, I have like fallback position. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm, I had known about that building for a couple of years. It was for sale. Um, I'm friends with, uh, Tom and Demetri who own the building where Shane Walsh is. Okay. So I was, I'm over there visiting them very regularly and that's when I saw the building mm-hmm. kind of had my eye on it for a while and it was sort of pipe dream. Um, but, uh, then I, you know, I had a little, uh, had a little extra money and I was like, okay, now is the time to buy something. I definitely like doing things with partners. Just it's funner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Takes some of the stress off when two people are working on it together. Uh, Michael wasn't super interested in it because, you know, he knew I wanted to do like this gallery thing and stuff. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, who would who would be interested in who's kind of a cowboy enough to <laughs> go along with this? And, yeah. yeah, I had just met Shane probably about a maybe two years before. Okay. And, you know, we hit it off right away. And and I, you know, felt like he was somebody I could absolutely trust and like said, hey, check this out. And he was in, uh, he was in right away. Yeah. Wow. And, and, um, yeah, no, it wasn't it more than a few months later, we were signing the papers and, and, uh, it's been pretty, it's been pretty good. I gotta yeah. say the building's been pretty, pretty solid. And you have studios there too, right? Yeah. There's the gallery and five studios behind it. Okay. Um, and then there's the, the apartment upstairs, which is like a live work studio. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> And then in the basement is uh, the flat file room and mm-hmm. a chamber was there, but now that room could be, could be another gallery, could be a studio, whatever. That's kind mm-hmm. of a whatever somebody wants it to be. Okay. <laughs> uh, where'd that name come from? Real Tinsel? Yeah. Uh, it's a quote that Shane knew from, and he can tell this anecdote better than I can because he knows the people and stuff behind it, but it was a quote from somebody from like old Hollywood mm-hmm. talking about Hollywood being fake. Oh, wow. And there's something to the effect that he, he was talking about somebody that he respected and he goes, I knew behind this person that behind all the fake tinsel was some real tinsel. Oh, okay. <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's best I can <laughs> explain that where the name came from. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. That was one I always wondered about. Usable space, so you know, it made a little more sense, but real tense. Pretty literal, yeah. Obscure, <laughs> yeah. Um, you got anything in the gallery? Um, no, we kind of covered all of that stuff. Um, no. What are you working on right now? I know you said you kind of want to branch out from. Yeah, it was well. Uh, like I said, I was kind of catching up on documenting things. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a wall in the other room that. It's it's more of like a, a collect a collection of smaller things over one wall, so it's not like individual pieces like how this room is, you know, mm-hmm. set up like that's a piece, that's a piece, that's a piece. Over there, it's more of a an o- over the wall installation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of a new direction. Maybe we'll see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I also started collecting like more object types things i don't know where that goes but like objects like 
old mop handles, which you see everywhere, mm -hmm. like those cheap sponge mops. Mm -hmm. you know, people buy them and throw them, use them and yeah. throw them away after one use or whatever. <laughs> so I'm like collecting those for some reason because, I don't know, they're all very different shapes, colors, whatever, and that's yeah. sort of like just like how the toilet top things are. Right. But it's a much more complicated <laughs> thing that it's going to exist. At, it's not going to... It's going to be what it is, yeah. but it's a matter of how I arrange them, like that I, if I can get them to to, to speak louder yeah, <laughs> than that makes a mop. Sense. I mean, it feels <laughs> like it fits in, you know, very much with um, everything else going on. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of, in the meantime, I'm still making, uh, you know, things that you're familiar with. Um, mm. I have a new mattress that I'm going to be stretching soon. I have, as you can see, a pile of... <laughs> tops that I'll make uh, another couple pieces with. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where things are at. Hell yeah. It's oh. nice. To, it's, I'm looking for part of documenting the work that I've been blowing, blowing off for a while <laughs> is clearing the walls. Yeah. So I can get to some of this into storage and ha have a clear slate, so to speak. How, would you, how do you store the tank tops? Uh, kind of in a box like that. See that bo there's one in behind you right there oh, in that okay. box. Um, it's nice because they all come apart at individual, and I just put them in the box with a packing blanket to keep them from banging against yeah, each other. Yeah, they're pretty fragile. Uh, surprisingly fragile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they're durable, but they can also break like quite easily. So yeah. They're really finicky. <laughs> that makes sense. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's so. I just wanted to ask one last thing. Uh, it kind of interested me. I saw you on your Instagram. Um, I think you were hunting recently with like a, a Civil War <laughs> yeah. uh, carbine uh, <laughs> rifle. Yeah. Um, what is that like? I mean, I'm, uh, not, I'm not a big hunter, but that's using a you know that's a historic weapon. So uh, my so my grandfather got me into the this sort of stuff uh um he had a uh, he had a gun shop uh in his basement oh but it's only black powder guns oh okay so only old historic style replicas mostly but he also collected period things yeah and i'm um, over the years amassed a pretty big collection of like civil war 19th century guns yeah and um he's now you know he's he's 80 something he's starting to give me and my brother are parts of the collection. Mm -hmm. um, some of the guns are shooters and some aren't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the one, yeah, the one that I use for hunting, um, it's a, it's an 1858 Smith carbine. It was a cavalry rifle. Yeah. Cavalry horseman would sling it around his waist. Um, I have to make the bullets for it, like <laughs> melt lead down and pour into this cast. Oh, wow. That I, yeah. and then, um, is one of the first guns that had a, you'd make a cartridge. So rather than being a muzzle loader, like where you'd put the bullet yeah. down the barrel, it actually has a cartridge where you, you know, you make the bullet, you pour black powder into this little cylinder, and then you put the bullet on top, and then you load it from the breech. Yeah. Mm. So it's sort of a transitional piece from like the muzzle loading to the more modern style. Yeah. Um, it's really fun to shoot. It's, you could shoot it all day, it doesn't have any kick really smoky because it's black powder <laughs> um but you also it's like a one shot you yeah know? like it's not like a, a repeater at all it's yeah one shot then you're reloading for another 
you know, it takes about 15 seconds if you weren't going fast. Yeah. Um, but I use it for deer hunting because it's the, gu- the gun that I have, frankly, that I'm, I feel the most accurate with. Okay. Yeah, and I don't want to wound something, you know. Yeah. I suppose with the one shot, too, it's like you have to be accurate. And with deer hunting, you're going to get one shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. You know, you don't, you don't want to lay into a deer with an AR and then you've got <laughs> no meat, right? <laughs> True. Uh, that being said, uh, growing up in a rural area, everybody assumes I'm a hunter my whole life. No. <laughs> yeah. I just started going out there the last four years. Mm-hmm. Um, still haven't got one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hopefully it's nice know. to go out there early morning and just watch the sunrise and be outside and yeah. uh yeah watch the world wake up i've never seen a sunrise before ever never no. wow I should try it I mean, I'm not a morning person, but sometimes yeah. it's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about it. I woke up the other day. It was still dark, and I was like, not today. <laughs> I was going to go down to the lake. But. Yeah, I was just going to say, if you're going to do your first sunrise, you probably should go to the lake shore. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it'll happen someday. We'll see. Maybe on a yeah. nice, warm summer day. Maybe yeah. that'd be better. Yeah. yeah. When it's freezing out. <laughs> There's not ice or right. snow or whatever. Frost. Cool. Well, Keith, thanks for having us. Hey, yeah, thank welcome. you. This is really yeah, fun. Yeah, this is an amazing space. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having us. You're welcome. Uh, artists we know, this is Aiden. This is Kyle. This is Keith. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks.